This is Biz. I'm a stay-at-home mom with a baby boy and a daughter who's a full-blown kid. And I'm Teresa, a part-time working mom with two little boys. This is a show about life after giving life. Don't listen with your kids, because there will be swears. This is One Bad Mother. This week on another very special Max Fun Drive One Bad Mother, it's date night. Plus, Biz spins spring break in hell, Teresa is in a less festive hell, and we talk to Caitlin Kraft, a co-producer of the documentary film Sex Ed, about the history of sex education in America. Woo! Woo. Yeah. Woo. It's very exciting. It is very exciting. Let's just cut to the chase, Teresa. <laughs> How are you? I have been better. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell by my voice, but I'm sick. Uh-huh. Oscar was sick for like a full week. And then at the end of his sickness, when he was starting to get better, Simon started getting sick. Nice. And I kind of made me want to cry because yeah. like I pretty much missed a full week of work mm. when Oscar was sick. Yeah. And I don't know why my kids can't get sick at the same fucking time. Like, mm. I mean, sure, that means like, OK, you have to take care of two kids at once that are sick. But it's so frustrating yeah. to finish spending a full week taking care of somebody only to find that now there's somebody else that's sick. Well, I think the hope is that, like, if they're both sick at the same time, it's not going to be a cycle of reinfection. But, like, when one gets better, then the other one gets sick. And then that is, like, a never-ending, like, Dante's hell sort of, like, sick, 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 sick. I just, I can't (laughs) deal with, like, I finally Oscar's getting better, and then I'm like, okay. Uh, And now I have to go into, like, another week of somebody being sick and missing school, blah, blah, blah. And um, and then, like, weirdly, even though he's better, Oscar has been, like, super clingy, like, just mm, yeah. needs to be attached to my body at all times and, like, flips out if, like, any of the, like, dogs or Jesse or Simon is, like, touching me at all. <laughs> he's, like, flipping out. <laughs> And, like, crying today when I left him with the babysitter Mm. so I could come here, which, like, hasn't happened in so long. And he was, like, really crying. And I'm like, really? I have to do that right now? Like, what? Yeah. I don't know. It sucks. That sucks. And you're not feeling good. No, I feel like shit. Yeah. And then, like, I had my birthday, but my yeah. mom was sick. So she, my mom was going to come on my birthday. She was sick. I know. So she couldn't come. So it's just like, every, I don't know. It's just one of those, like, okay, can we have summer now? So at least <laughs> we can just not all be sick. The solution is homeschooling, Teresa. Oh, I didn't realize that. <laughs> That's, it's that this easy. This is my new solution to everything, it's guys. Easy. It's just going to be homeschool. Okay. <laughs> Sounds the like a really good the point. forest yeah. will teach my children, yeah. though I live nowhere near a forest. <laughs> uh, How are you? Hey, guess what last week was? What? Oh, spring break. Right. Yeah. Spring break for my kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, spring break, guys. Woo! So here is what happened on spring break. So first, Katie Bell was sick starting Friday before spring break and ran a fever till about Wednesday. Sunday, Ellis started having a runny nose and fever, and by Monday night, was having a hard time sleeping, a.k.a. screaming for hours upon hours as he slept. Uh, Tuesday morning, we get up after the horrible night of screaming. Uh, I've given him his two bottles because I'm a horrible mother who still gives a bottle to my child because it's really relaxing and bonding. Uh, He then starts coughing so hard, and I know it's coming, standing in the middle of the kitchen. He throws up like 
and he just throws up right right on me just yeah. like where you like first you feel it hit you and yeah. then you feel it just like fill up your shirt yeah. you know <laughs> just yep. filling it up yep. and i'm like and then like it just keeps coming right mm-hmm. it's just like all over the fridge all over the floor so now and it's like it's like 5 45 oh 6 a.m right oh my god yeah i mean so like this is like everything that's like that yeah. day i then take him to the doctor not for the throwing up because we know that's just cough related turns out he's got a double ear double eye infection. Oh, my God. Now, if you're like my mother, who's like, does that mean two in one? Or like, no, that means an ear infection in each ear and an eye infection in each ear. And uh, just to tell you how the wind's going to blow in my house, the doctor says, I'm just going to give you a a couple of refills on the eye infection medication because you're all probably going to get it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Great. So uh, we get him on the antibiotics by Wednesday. Uh, so, so far, I've been home with two sick kids, which you would think, again, you're like, oh, I wish I had the two sick. Yeah. Eh, my kids don't, like, relax when they're sick, right? For, like, five days. Thursday morning, I wake up, and I'm sick. I mean, I'm bad sick. I'm, like, can't get out of the bed, sore throat, body aches, fever, and eye infection, oh right? God. Stefan has to take off work for two days. I cannot get out of the bed for two days. Uh, and the fucked up thing is that part of it, part of me is like, <laughs> part of me is like, oh, thank God, <laughs> I'm super sick. Yeah. I finally get to rest. I know. <laughs> so wrong. And then the other part of me is like, oh, I feel really guilty about being so sick. I should get up oh, and get God. involved. Oh, God. Spring break. This is what spring break was like in high school, right? Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And college. And college. Yeah. yeah. So uh, it's good to know that so, we're both doing so well. So it's been the sick update from one from bad, one bad mother. mother. But what I want to say yeah. is that it proves our dedication oh, yeah. and love for this show. Right? That we don't, I don't think we've ever actually taken a sick day. For yeah. one bad mother. I was thinking about yeah. this. We've been doing this a couple of years now. Yeah. Uh, we have never taken a sick day. No, we show up for you guys. We show up. This voice is <laughs> all still working for you. <laughs> like in lozenged up. Yep. Which is why it's such a wonderful time uh, to celebrate one bad mother. Yeah. And all, all that we are trying to do here about being nice, being supportive. A little less judging, a little more laughing, uh, and support us and the Max Fun Network uh, by becoming a donor. Yeah, we are literally here because of you guys. Yes, because of our listeners who have chosen to support the show by going to MaximumFun.org slash donate and becoming a member of Maximum Fun. There are a ton of levels. You can support the show and be a member for as low as $5 a month. Um, and you get great perks too, which we'll talk about later. So we just we're joking about it. Like yeah, we obviously we we're here because we love, we love doing the we show. love doing the show. But I mean, we're here because we care about you guys and we care about making the show, and we so appreciate you guys helping us to make this show possible and, and it, being it, there for us. Too. It does motivate us to come in on days like this. Yeah, it really I mean, does. there we we genuinely have a sense of responsibility to the show and to this community of listeners. You know, we show up to work because you're allowing us to work. Yeah. So thank you guys very much. Speaking (laughs) of being thankful, uh, we're thankful for cold medication, Mm -hmm. which you may get a sense of Mm -hmm. throughout this show. (laughs) 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 Woo! Uh, 
To the bed. We're going to get up and we're going to get down. <laughs> Speaking of getting up and down, today's topic is date nights. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. Biz and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. <laughs> Date nights! <laughs> Teresa! Yeah. Date nights. Yeah. Okay. I just want to, do you have them? Yeah. (laughs) Date nights is one of those things, okay, that once you have kids, I really feel becomes this weird, like, new level of, Mm -hmm. like, pressure Mm -hmm. put upon you, not only by yourself, but by the the world at large, I yeah. feel like just the term date night mm-hmm. falls into some like that same category as yeah. when are you gonna lose the weight or oh, yeah. uh, you know getting your body back when are you gonna get yeah. your body back yeah. uh, when are you can put your kid in daycare yeah. when are you get like it's like all this like weird how you feeling how's yeah. this how's that yeah. oh you might even like when you're pregnant where you're like oh right. twins yeah. or, like whatever it's or, just, like just wait it gets harder <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of these things that. People start saying to you, yeah, uh, and all the books and all the magazines and all of it start mm-hmm. saying, you know, as soon as you have a kid, though, don't forget date night, right? And I do want to say that uh, this topic is obviously geared a little bit more towards people who are in relationships, mm-hmm. but I do think there's a whole world of just like. Even if you are a single parent, yeah, it's trying to find time yeah. to get out yeah. with friends or. With a date, yeah, or anything like it's a that, date. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, we're gonna, I think we're calling this date night, but as we talk about it, I do think a lot of it is the same as get out, uh huh, take yeah. time for yourself. Yeah, I have to, I have to share right off the top. I have a vivid memory of before being married, yeah. or at least before having kids, yeah, where I would hear people talk about date nights, and I remember how it sounded, and it oh. sounded fucking pathetic. Like okay. I remember being feeling sorry for married parents mm-hmm. who would say like we're going to have a date night because to me it sounded so like forced and cheesy and like oh you get like one I don't know there was something about it yeah. that like totally turned me off and I remember being like Jesse and I are so lucky that like we don't have to like <laughs> plan like we don't have to like plan like plan these weird like forced date nights where you like drive to a movie right and like we you know like our lives are so much like sexier and more romantic you know what I mean like, <laughs> and just, they always will be uh, right and right. like and it's just funny how desensitized to that yeah. term I, I've become yeah and how like yeah now we totally call it date night if we're like figuring out a time to like have a babysitter or have a relative babysit or whatever right planning to go out we totally call it date night well we call it that it's definitely yeah it's definitely one of those things that falls into the camp of things i thought before i had kids oh yeah i mean like all of it yeah it 
is absolutely one of those. Yeah. It's like mommy brain. Oh, How much yeah. I fucking hated the yeah. term mommy brain. Yeah. I was like, yeah. fuck you. It just and sounds now, sad. It sounds like, yeah, yeah, it just sounds made up and yeah. bullshit and yeah. sad. Yeah. And like, I will never be that person. Right. And I am 100% that person. Oh, totally. It is such one of those like, chick, did I just, <laughs> chick? I'm never going to, chick. <laughs> there it is. Um, so let's get into date night. Okay? Yeah. All right. Sounds great. Mm-hmm. Sounds easy. Yeah. It's not. Not I have not found it to be yeah. super easy. Mm-hmm. I think what aggravates me about it is that there's no real thought behind it when somebody suggests it to you. It's one of those sure. like helpful suggestions that yeah. actually Why don't you take help? a date night? You take guys need one. a date night. It's really easy. Yeah. Like, uh, And I know that for me... Uh, and Stefan, A, it's getting a babysitter. Right. Okay. So if, if you have young kids and you haven't quite lined up a babysitter yet for whatever mm-hmm. reason, yeah. it's finding a first-time babysitter, right? Especially yeah. when, like, they're really young. That was a big thing. Like, yeah. ba- like having infants, people are like, date night. You need it. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even want to leave my baby right, right now. I know. Uh, all I really want to do is sleep. Right. I kind of give two shits about my relationship on some level, <laughs> right? Like, I just, like, I need my brain uh, to be functioning. Uh-huh. Uh, we only, we don't have a sitter yet because the baby's only, like, 10 weeks old yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so finding a sitter, uh, having a sitter available, like, we have a sitter who we've had forever, but she's not always available for date nights. Right. You know what I mean? So yeah. sometimes people, and then people throw out the, well, just, just grab one. Just grab one. I'm like, I am not okay with random yeah. sitter. My kids are like super yeah. like routine and normalcy. And I can't have a good date night if I leave them with essentially a stranger who right. they've never dealt with. Yeah, that's right? really hard. That seems weird to me. Yeah. Doesn't no, work I me. mean, I that's that is totally a personal thing. But yeah. I yeah, I'm fully like I sometimes and sometimes I feel like is there something wrong with me right. that I'm not willing to just leave my kids yeah. with somebody that we don't know? But, yeah. like, I just, I'm not at that. Maybe when they're older. I yeah, don't know. When like, they're I old, know I guess, people do it. And yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes if it's the person, like, came highly recommended from a friend or, like, yeah. I don't know, if you spend some time there making sure everybody's comfortable before you go. I don't know. It's a whole thing. I Finding fully agree a, yeah. with the, like, when they're older and they're pretty much self-contained as kids. <laughs> you yeah. just really have somebody there to make sure they don't leave the house or right. set a fire. Yeah. Like, that, I could see that be more realistic. But yeah. that's not where we are. Also, money. Money. Any date night yeah. where you have, we do not have a family close to us right. that's available for date nights. Right. You know what I mean? And we've actually never really called on friends to babysit. It yeah. just, I, I, we just never have. Yeah. Uh, and as a result, date night is whatever you're spending on the date right. plus like an extra 50 to 100 bucks yep. if you want to spend. I mean, it's a hundred bucks if you want to spend more than like an hour out, two two hours, three hours, whatever. Because yeah. you're still gonna drive. It's not like yeah. you're just there for the time of the movie, right. right? Do you get them to come early so that you can have some? You know, I yeah. mean, like it's money. It is. Uh, so that's like really. It's date bigger. night's not always like super easy. But and it does. But that the money thing, I feel like. Yes, it's like it's it's sometimes the money just isn't there. Right. But if the money is there, yes, it adds to the pressure right. of the evening. Like maybe maybe the money is there, but you're still like, oh my god, I'm this spending be XXX really good. on this. You know, yeah, <laughs> right. like this is like oh, it's like so much money, and that's kind of like weighing on you. Like, yeah, yeah, it better be really good. Yeah. So that I think sets me at least up yeah. for like a ugh. I don't want to deal with the organizing of a date night. Right. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and also, there's the whole like, well, how late are we staying out? I know because our kids get up at really fucking tired. five, I know. six. Yeah, it's like really early. I know. So are we going out till nine. I know. Ten. 11. You almost like need an overnight. Like, yeah. Because it's so like I've had this thing. We have this thing with our we have some really awesome neighbors and we've talked about our kids are the same age and we've talked about doing a swap yeah. thing where we would just go over after the after the kids are in bed, like take yeah. turns. Like one of us goes over there while, after their kids are in bed because like the kids don't wake up in the early evening. And so like somebody goes over at 8 p.m. And the parents can go out and we would like do this for each other like for free. Yeah. And that would be like a great swap. And we've talked about doing that. And I hope that we do. But like I'm already thinking to myself, like I'm already deterring myself yeah. from it because I'm like, well, if we get started around eight. Yeah. By the time we really get on the road, it's going to be 830. I know. It's probably going to be a weeknight because that's like a night when everybody can kind of do it because otherwise, you know, right. families have week- stuff going on on the weekends. And so I'm like. Then what are we really going to do? Are we going to see a nine o'clock movie, movie on like a Wednesday night? <laughs> yeah. And then come home and like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, it feels frustrating. Yeah. And okay. I, I shouldn't, I feel guilty that I care about the sleep thing. Cause like, yes, yeah. it can be restorative also just to leave the house. It can be restorative just to have that time with your partner right. in a different setting. But like the sleep thing is real. Like yeah. if you have a kid that's still getting up sometimes in the middle of the night or a kid that gets up at like 4.30 yeah. or 5, I mean- it really, you know, you're every, coming home to work. Exactly. Yeah. And like every last ounce of sleep really matters. <laughs> it really matters. It really does. All right. So let's pretend it doesn't and you okay. actually go on a date night. Okay. I I feel like there are a lot of rules uh-huh. for things that you should not do on a date night. Oh, okay. In particular, you should never talk about on date nights. Oh. Okay? Okay. I don't know if you have these rules. But what I, are yours? Okay. Well, the ones that, like, always come up for Steph and I, mm-hmm. or we've tried we've tried to do, are yeah. like, we are not talking about our kids. Oh. Right? That's fucking impossible. Yeah. I find that truly impossible because, at least for me, yeah. my day is the kids. Right. And part of what I need is to decompress talking about kids, right? Yeah. And And it's like if I was doing something else really like super exciting in my life right now, yeah. I could bring that to the table. Yeah. But I don't I don't have that to bring to It's sort of like well, yeah. going on a date night and complaining about work. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, because that's <laughs> for Jesse and I talking about work is definitely the rule. Like we right. talk about kids total. We totally talk about the kids. But yeah. that's something we can connect over in like right. a nice way. Like. I feel like work sends us potentially down a bad path. Right. Like, we can definitely get in fights on date nights by talking about work stuff. Yeah. And so we just try to avoid that. But, like, kids, yeah, I feel like that's a tough one. It's a tough one to it do. Can be, but it can be so, um, it can be, like, a bonding thing, too, right. to talk about your kids. Well, right. I mean, it's, like, it's, we, it's our lofty, like, we are not going to go in and talk gonna about. Because we're going to be cool. We're going to be cool. Yeah, we're yeah. going to be, be cool. You don't need to talk about your kids. all we do is prove yeah. that we're not. Right. Uh, and then the other ones are, like, things like, we're not going to get, we're not going to go out. We're not going to talk about, like, business. Oh, yeah. The business of our family. And, yeah. Right? Like, so. Yeah. Would you includes things like you were saying right before the show. Yeah. Like, let I have a good idea. Let's talk about a vacation. Our next vacation. Let's talk about yeah. vacation. And it always starts off yeah. like really great. Yeah. And then it's slowly like, all right, but like actually where would they sleep? Like we're gonna yeah. be in like a one bedroom. And then in reality too many days. I don't really want to be away for that many days. Right now it's like six hundred dollars a ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you want to deal with the time check? It yeah. just dissolves into yeah. Well if we don't do it then, then yeah. when are we gonna do it? Are well, we ever gonna have vacation? It. Yeah. 
Don't we deserve vacations? Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, weekend's yeah. not vacation. Vacation. <laughs> that is a good rule. Let's not talk about future vacations well, when like, we're on a date. Here's the problem, uh, though, is that like this, the date night. Yeah. The date night is also the first time in possibly months that, like, for example, Stefan and I have. Face-to-face, uninterrupted time. There's no laptop to distract us. There's no kids wandering in and out. There's no dish to clean. There's yeah. no whatever. I, his, Our families and friends are constantly surprised by how much we don't know about what's going on uh-huh. with each other sometimes. Uh-huh. Oh, well, didn't Stefan tell you? No. Yeah. And it's nice. He's purposely not telling me. Yeah. And we're just so tired yeah. that we we can, like, manage to squeeze in, like, one item off the list that things we need to talk about and at the end of the day. it's just for the best to not... Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, sometimes it's just so much yeah. that it's like, I don't need to tell right. him about that right now because that's just extra. I'll just hold on to that information so for the team. Like, it you know, it's a like, little bit like, though, when you go out, it's like, hey, yeah. here's this final yeah. opportunity. Can we at least talk about X, Y, and Z mm. just while we're here? So, like, that's hard. That's I feel really like, hard. and that can, like, change a mood Mm, on a date night yeah and like there's also i think for at least for me there's like this pressure of like this night has to go like super private we're gonna have a a fuckload of fun Mm -hmm. we're gonna be super like intimate yeah right uh we're gonna totally be in the mood for intimacy oh yeah you know and uh it's gonna be great yeah right Uh, and i think that's really hard to hit it is right so let's talk a little bit about like attitude Mm -hmm. like I feel like there's a pressure on, like, let's say you've decided you're going to do it. And usually it's not a spur of the moment thing. So it's like right. usually you've planned it a week yep. to two weeks off. And then you're like, it's going to be date night this week. Are you ready? Yeah. yeah. Hey, all right. This is awesome. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And then it gets there. And, like, at least for me, I'm literally getting ready the two minutes before yeah. we walk out the door. Like, I where know. the sitter comes in. I know. I'm always rushing. And I slap ready. on. Yeah. And then we get out of the house. Yep. And, like, I'm already, like, huh. Okay, I have an example. Okay. Okay. So Steph and I was going to do this as a fail about three mm-hmm. weeks ago. But mm-hmm. then I was like, oh, we're going to do date night. I'll save it mm-hmm. for the show. Steph and I were going to do a stay home date night. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. The kids were going to go to bed. Steph had bought me for Valentine's Day my absolutely favorite bottle of wine. Okay. Oh, it was like nice. this Cabernet 2007 mm-hmm. Hall, one of my favorite wineries. Super excited. We didn't open it Valentine's Day. We were saving it for a night. Nice. And I was like, well, let's open the wine. After the kids go to bed, we'll play some Scrabble, listen to some records, just like have a nice, cozy night. I love it. We were super pumped. Yeah. Okay. So I've just put Alice down. Yeah. Okay. Early, 530. Yeah. Time to start making the dinner. Mm -hmm. I go to open the bottle of wine to get it ready for the night. Uh And the cork, I mean, it like (gasps) dissolves. It like powder dissolves. No. And so... Let me tell you what doesn't happen in that 30 minutes that normally happens is dinner being made. Right. It's me like uh, trying to look up. Is this, you know, is it ruined? Trying to sieve it through like yeah. paper dowels and like my sieve to yeah. like try and get the cork out. But there's so right. much dust in it oh and it tastes God. like nothing. Right. This is not what this wine is supposed to taste like. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't taste like vomit, but it tastes like nothing. Right. And there's I, I am, wrong with I'm it. literally yeah. just like, Ugh. and earlier that day I was going to go pick up wine but i was like i'm not gonna pick it up like i even said to Stefan, you know oh ellis is really cranky should i try and force the kids to go by the store and get the wine or we're okay he's like we're okay and like we are so we don't have backup wine 
for a night. So I'm finally getting like food on the table, I mean on the grill. Uh-huh. And like I text, I call Stefan. I'm like, the wine, the wine is yeah. no good. The yeah. wine's no good. I, I, uh, and we don't have wine. He's like, yeah. do you want me to get wine? Because I'm leaving work right now. And I was like, uh, and that's a hard decision because if Stefan stops by the store, He's already, like, late coming home every night, yeah. you know what I mean, because of his schedule. Yeah. This is going to take more time, but I'm like, all right, all right, do it. Do it. Yeah. Get, get my wine. Date night's going to happen. We're yeah. all okay. We're okay, yeah. right? Stefan gets home. He makes great time. Dinner's way late. So he's actually walking in. I don't even have dinner on the table, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, and he's dancing, and I'm dancing. He's got two bottles of wine and some beer for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And we're all like, whoa, oh my God, the dinner's almost ready. And the wine just, like, <gasps> falls out. <gasps> One of the bottles falls out and, like, shatters. No! Like, what the fuck? shatters on the floor, all over the fireplace. I mean, thousands of shards of glass. They're they're going all the way across the floor. Like, it, it is... I mean, so there's glass, like, literally everywhere and red wine and i worked in a bar for a long time guys so it's just the smell of like alcohol on the floor right it's not a good smell brings back lots of like new orleans at four o'clock in the morning kind of thing right so again dinner not on the table katie bell's like where's dinner stefan and i are just like looking at each other and i just get down on my knees and i just start like cleaning right so i'm like just i guess just get the food on the table at least for katie bell just get Katie Bell fed. Yeah. Both of us are just like, <laughs> our skin attitude. Yeah. Crushing slowly, slowly. Yeah. We finally get it cleaned up. I'm like steam mopping, guys. Yeah. Like, I got to get this all it's up. It's red wine. It's red wine. I mean. Right? It's red yeah. wine. And by this point, I'm like, I'm not even sure I want to drink wine anymore because the smell, it's like smells like a fucking bar in our house, right? Aww. So... We're both like looking at each other and we're at least at a place where none of us have like yelled. We've uh-huh. like dealt with when like really big things happen. Yeah. We're actually pretty Crisis good mode. of yeah. like, but we are sour. I am sour. Okay. Right. And I'm just like the idea and yeah. again, everything's late. Yeah. Everybody's going to bed late. Right, which is not <clears throat> how it works for a home date night. Like, right. It has to yeah. be everything on time, on time early to make it so that you have time. So to we wound that. up like getting Katie Bell to bed, opening the other bottle of wine, and like watching Top Chef. <laughs> we were just like, fuck it, done. We're yeah. just done. And then we're going to bed. Yeah. Right. But it was just this like total oh. roller coaster of gonna have a fun romantic date night to, uh, my attitude isn't that much to, oh my God, I fucking hate everything. Yeah. I don't think we can even connect yeah. tonight. Like, yeah. this has just been so much work. Yeah. To, ugh, I give up. We just, we're just going to give up. Oh, my God. It's just like a normal night. And, like, I feel like that can happen all the time. Like, some level yeah. of that can set you off. And it is, I think it's, like, a lot of pressure, and it's really hard on people to go out and do this. It is really hard. So here's the thing. Yeah. How can we try and have a good date night? Is there yeah. anything that we can do to affect it besides set our expectation bar <laughs> super low? I mean, we do it for everything yeah. else in our lives. I know. Let's start. Let's apply can, it to this. Can we apply it? Well, yeah. Can I answer? Yeah, please. The first thing that that makes me think of for me yeah. is that I have figured out one thing that is like a make or break thing for me. Okay. And that is that I have separation anxiety with my kids and I have a lot of anxiety about leaving them right. at night when, and going out and leaving them at home. So if I'm feeling anxious about leaving them at home, 
I'm going to have a really hard time having fun on the date. Right. Even if I'm in a good mood, Jesse's in a good mood, we're doing something fun, we get out on time, I have a cute outfit, like all yeah. that stuff is in order. If I'm anxious about leaving my kids, I have a really hard time relaxing yeah. and having fun. Um, so for me, the big thing has been doing it regularly enough with mm. the same babysitter that like my kids I know they know the routine and the babysitter knows the routine and I feel really good. It's almost that. like going to work, but at night. In a way. Yeah. A little like, bit. You know what I mean? Like this routine is, yeah. set up thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not saying we like do it every week, but like, you know, every month or yeah. sometimes every other month. But like, I just set it up like that so that, and I do, I do have her arrive like a half hour before yeah. we need to go because I know that I need that transition time and they need that transition time. To me, I don't know if that helps other people, but to yeah. me, that makes everything different for me because yeah, no. I can leave and be like this is awesome my kids are happy I'm happy let's go yeah like, yeah that's nice yeah if I know for me it's having like our regular sitter there always helps also in all seriousness we set the bar pretty low you know what I mean we don't try and like cram in a year's worth of like ketchup or romance yeah. or date night or like yeah. try and relive our entire 20s in the date night you yeah. know what I mean like so sometimes I mean, the stay-at-home date night is actually a really good, good idea, idea for it us, is. like in yeah. the sense of we're not going to just watch television. No. We're going to do something that engages us, yeah. where we're going to have some talking and we're laughing, and uh, I'm going to remind him how hilarious and charming I can be. Uh, <laughs> well, it, and having that bottle of wine that you were saving, I'm so sorry that didn't oh, work out, really but like sucks. having like something special yeah. that you picked out for the night, it doesn't have to be alcohol, it no. could just be like a special dessert or like a yeah. special something or a special takeout that you guys really love that's right. just for you guys, not for the kids, you know? And like, yeah. Um, yeah, like picking out the music. Like, I, I love that idea. I yeah, love... that really helps. Or something we've started doing, actually, uh, is day dates. Ooh, because it's really easy more. to have a sitter during the day, like uh -huh. 10 o'clock yeah. in the morning, right? Or whatever. Like a Saturday? Yeah, like a Saturday this or Sunday. Interesting. And sometimes the day date may not be the most romantic date. Like, we, we want to go get something done. Like, let's say we got to, I mean, we've even done this, like, going, like, let's just get a sitter and go to Costco. <laughs> and we go in and we have, like, lunch. Ooh. And we do, like, Costco. And it's, like, fun because That's it's, like, we're, genius. To, we're together yeah. and we're being, like, there's no pressure of, like, are you watching? Where is yeah. our child? Where do they go? Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we just kind of like merge the activity with something we also want to have done. Right. Yes, that's genius. Yeah. Because but, you know what else is genius about that? You're not tired. Yeah. And also if you do it in the morning, your day hasn't been so ruined that your nose has been out of shape like mine constantly is by the time <laughs> six o'clock rolls around for date nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So I, you know, I think there's like a weird balance of like how difficult date night can be mm -hmm. just as a concept. Yeah. <laughs> Implementing it. Yeah. And then like just sort of setting your sights on making it happen. Yeah. You know. Well, and we didn't say anything about why we want to do them. And we do want to do I them. I know. I mean, let's let's, let's acknowledge let's... that there is some truth to the fact that it you want to like feed your relationship a little bit you know like you want to yeah. take care of your relationship and you want to do something that is fun that is actually fun for you as a person and also fun for your partner that you're doing together like that's actually a very magical thing. It is, like, but I wanted to just add and take the pressure off of yourself and allow yourself that it may take a couple of these to do it because after you have kids mm -hmm. things can get really out of 
you know, I don't know, just out of normal. Mm-hmm. When you sit down and you go in with these ideas that we're not going to talk about this or this, yeah. and then you do, yeah. and then it, or like you have a hard time sort of reconnecting outside of just your roles as parents mm-hmm. as opposed to friends. Yeah. And I do have another suggestion for that. Okay. Uh, Stefan and I, early on in our dating, uh, used to, we would email each other uh, questions. And it just and we've done questions on the show and yeah. questions have been done on the board, but these are really fun to do. I think just in person when you just don't have anything to say to each other. Yeah. Um. And that's just like come up with questions. You ask. We ask each other. Mm-hmm. So if I ask Stefan a question, he has to answer, and then I also have to answer, mm-hmm. and then it's his turn. And it's stuff like, "What was the best concert you ever saw?" Right. Yeah. Like, which takes you back to like pre kid yeah. life. Or all right, dream vacation. Yeah. Is it you know boat? Is it by air? Yeah. Is it by train? Like, what is it? You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. like, just like anything. And you slowly, I promise yeah. you guys, like after a couple of these, you really start like, oh, I totally forgot that like your favorite band was the Monkees or yeah. like whatever. Yeah. And it's it's a really nice way to get the conversation going. And it always winds up taking us someplace really fun. And it becomes more of the vacation conversation that you want to have yeah. versus the like practical vacation conversation that you want to have. Oh, totally. Or like, what was the best place that we ever, you know, pulled around? Or like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. It's just like an easy way to kind of get back into it yeah. without feeling like you were supposed to have something exciting to talk about when you sat down. Yeah. Yeah. Or go to a movie where you don't have to talk at all. <laughs> <laughs> Teresa, yes. date nights are special. You know what's also special? The Max Fun Drive. Oh, yeah. It is. I, and we want to take a moment to talk about why this is actually very important. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start by, I think we should just start by saying the show is supported by listeners. This yes. is Which is kind of a profound thing if you think about it. Like so much of the stuff that is out there in the world for us to consume is stuff that is paid for by advertisements Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much exclusively. There's (laughs) some content that we pay um, in order to be able to consume. Shows like One Bad Mother on the Maximum Fun Network, we are free. We, We really, it's really important to us to make this show free and available to anybody anywhere who wants to listen. And we know that not everybody can afford to pay for the show. And that's part of why it's important to us to make it free, because we want as many people as possible to be able to listen to the show and access the show. However, some folks can afford to support the show and want to. The Max Fund Drive is your opportunity to do that. Yeah, I mean, you can donate at any point in time, but the Max Fund Drive is particularly special because it's a great time to uh, join with all the other listeners to celebrate your favorite shows like One Bad Mother, as well as a great time to get some fun gifts. And you can go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And and there you can see all of the awesome things you get, uh, depending on what level you choose to donate at, from fun show-themed bandanas to fun adventure kits to fun, amazing thermoses that will change your life. There's also a ton of bonus content. We're up to six One Bad Mother secret bonus episodes that you can listen to if you're a member. Yeah, it's really a lot of fun. And we wanted you to know that you guys, again, are making this show happen. This show started out uh, very kind of, I don't know, 
small and on a shoestring. On, a, on literally, <laughs> literally a shoestring. And we are now three years in, and we look around at what has come out of One Bad Mother, this show where we just kind of started out saying, I just want to feel cool again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's nothing out there that makes me feel cool. Everything feels super heavy-handed and super, like, perfect. And I don't think that's the case. And I can't be the only one who feels this way. And what's wound up happening is we have found out that we are not the only people who feel this way. And you can see it in how much our listenership has grown. And you can see it on our online communities. I mean, like, we have one bad mother meetups. I mean, this is like one of the hardest things as parents is to find something to connect with with other parents because let's all face it, none of us like parents. <laughs> and you're like, oh, you go out to the playgrounds or you go out to these, you know, mom or dad groups or you go to the preschool play- parking lot and you're just like, oh, parents are the worst. <laughs> oh God, I'm a parent. It actually makes life easier if I can interact with somebody who also has kids so that I don't feel like a crazy person talking and yelling and talking and grabbing and talking and moving around a room simultaneously that with some people find that really odd. I need to be around people who don't find that odd. And just like being able to start with a shared seed of, yeah, we like One Bad Mother. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's a, we have actually developed and seen people develop communities around this. And it's awesome. And the support system that has shown up for members and listeners, it's truly mind-blowing to me yeah. when I see what's going on based on the simple, almost asinine principle that we talk about mm-hmm. on the show, which is somebody's probably not being a jerk to you, yeah. and don't be a jerk. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, it, and you're doing a good job. And you're doing a it's good really job. Hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. It seems like little stuff, but it's not. It's It's really hard. And you guys are doing such a good job. I mean, it's truly amazing every day that we get to come in here and do this. It totally is. And so, you guys, this is how the show gets made. This Max Fun Drive supports us year-round. That's how we make the show, year-round. So if the podcast and the Facebook group have made a difference in your life, we ask you to just consider supporting us uh, by becoming a member of Maximum Fun. Or if you're already a member of Maximum Fun and you've just discovered One Bad Mother, maybe you want to upgrade your donation this year. Um, all the information is available to you at MaximumFun.org donate. And we also have some really cool Twitter giveaways happening right now. Um, this is the final week of the drive, so everything ends Friday, March 25th. Um, But up until Friday, March 25th, you can participate in the Twitter giveaways and you're eligible for all the gifts on MaximumFun.org slash donate. The Twitter giveaways, I'm going to talk about them really quick. There's one that is specifically for One Bad Mother (laughs) listeners. Uh, You can tweet the link to MaximumFun.org slash donate with the hashtag bizcraft um, and say why you support One Bad Mother. Say why you love One Bad Mothers. And you just might win. We will pick somebody at the end of the drive to win a special custom-made craft that Biz will make for you. Yep. Um, and she will actually involve you in yeah. the conversation about what exactly you want. <laughs> yeah, so, that's not making you a shitty apron that you had no input in. Yeah. You totally get to be involved in the craft. 
So get on over to Twitter and participate in that. Um, we do have some participation, but it's not like a huge sea of tweets at this Where's point. Where's my thunderstorm yeah, seriously. of Bizcraft if, tweets, if you, guys? If you think you might want a Bizcraft, <laughs> get in on that because you have a pretty good chance at this point of winning. Um, and then the other Twitter Twitter giveaway is for Maximum Fun as a whole. And this is the company Breville, which makes like really, really nice kitchen appliances. They're giving us a toaster oven, a smart oven to give away to somebody. Um, <laughs> this is a really nice oven, you guys. And all you have to do is write a tweet about why people should support Maximum Fun or why you love Maximum Fun. Tweet the link to the donate page, MaximumFun.org slash donate, and include the hashtag toast to max fun. Uh, and you might win a really sweet toaster oven. Sweet. Yeah. So do that stuff. Send yourself some tweets. Send the world some tweets. And make sure to uh, head on over to MaximumFun.org slash donate. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Genius me. Wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I saw what you did. Oh, my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh, my God. That's fucking genius. Okay. Um, We had this little tricycle that was, like, the thing that it's, like, radio flyer. And yeah. it's, like, you atta- there's, like, a thing attached to the back so you can, like, help your kid ride it from behind. Like, you- it's kind of like baby's first tricycle. Okay. Um, but then it, you can graduate it and take that thing off. It's like it a just, push broom. It's like a push thing. Yeah, yeah. right. But uh, you can graduate beyond that and it and take that piece off and it just becomes a regular tricycle once the kid gets bigger. Um, and we've had this for two years and for Simon. And like he just was never interested in it. Like he just never cared, really. Like sure. he thought it was kind of cool, but then he just never cared. And it was one of those things that kind of bugged me because it was like always around and like nobody <laughs> was ever using it. And Oscar started to kind of get interested, but eh, it's just like not happening. And all of a sudden, I'm so glad that I kept it around and like pushed through and persevered because Simon has suddenly clicked. He's mm. clicked. And what's great about it is like there's a tiny bit of tiny patch of like concrete in our front yard <laughs> where he can just ride in a little circle Aww. and he goes around in a little circle and I he can do that while I'm in the I can su- basically supervise him keep one eye and one ear on him while I'm going about my business and just have the front door open and he just rides around in a circle Aww. talking to himself having little games riding nice. around and it's it's just lovely it's nice. so cute to see him doing it nice yeah so Good I'm just, job. I guess Genius Good job. just being, I didn't, like, throw it in the trash can when I wanted to, like, 10 <laughs> Good other job times ho- previously. Good job hoarding. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, this genius, is. this is one of those genius moments that absolutely has zero to do with me, but it felt like it did. Okay. So we get Ellis home from the doctor, and he's going to have to take antibiotics. It's the first time he's taken anything other than sweet, sweet Tylenol. Right. <laughs> <laughs> God, that shit is crack. Uh, and uh, it's like bubblegum flavored, uh-huh. uh, which I know is going to taste like stuff. shit, right? Yeah. And I'm like, bubblegum. And Alice is like, bubblegum? Uh-huh. What the fuck do you know about bubblegum? Yeah. Right? Anyway, he totally takes it. 
and he Ooh. fucking loves it. All right. And I, it just was like, that never it, there was something about, yeah, yeah it, I, usually with Katie Bell, I'm like doing yeah. the like, go, having to go to therapy because I've yeah. been like forcing her down and cramming something down yeah. her throat. And with him, it was just like, I was just like all emotionally prepared for this to go like shit and he just sucked it down and has sucked it down every day for the last six days. Beautiful. And I, I just like, it was like, a, it was more of a miracle Beautiful. moment where you're just like, oh. yeah, yeah, it was Beautiful. great. Great job. Thank you. We recently had a big snowstorm on the East Coast and we're desperate for some more activities for our children having been cooped up in the house for several days. We got to the point where it was the roads were clear enough to get out, but not too far away. We couldn't go very many places, some places were still closed, including the library. So I took my three year old to the sort of low rent grocery store near our house that has only self-serve checkout link, so no cashiers. Or maybe there's one, but mostly self-serve checkout links. Took 10 minutes to gather up the groceries that we wanted, and then 35 minutes to check out as I let my three-year-old scan every item and put every item on the conveyor belt. Took up a lot of time, and he was delighted. It was like the children's museum for free, and we got to go home with the groceries. Thanks so much for your show. I really love One Bad Mother. Take care. Bye. That's I love this so amazing. much. Do you know how, like, just in any other situation, that'd be the most annoying fucking thing in the world? Yeah. But in this, like, weird universe, yeah. just that kid putting that shit Every up there and swiping one who wants to go play checker. Oh my God. I love yeah. that she compared it to the children's museum. It is. I it's, just, they have that exhibit they, at the yeah, children's yes, museum. Yes, they do. It is Amazing. bravo. Yeah. Bravo. Genius. You're a genius. You are literally a fucking <laughs> genius. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Oh, I got a doozy, but <laughs> I'd like to hear yours first. Okay, um, so we've been having this problem where uh, whenever we watch a show, Simon flips out at the end that I'm not letting him watch another show and like <laughs> throws like a mini temper tantrum at the end. And so the other day when this happened, I said, you know what, Simon, I'm really getting tired of doing this with you every time we watch a show. If you're not able to pull it together right now, we're not going to be able to watch TV tomorrow after school. Like that's going to be mm-hmm. you're just going to have to skip a day because I don't I don't want to hear this anymore. And he didn't calm down. He threw a further, you know, whatever. And so I said, all right, I'm sorry to tell you this, but you're not going to be able to watch TV tomorrow after school. Um, You just skip a day. You know, you can pull it back together by the next day. We'll, you know, we'll try again. And so then I'm thinking to myself, it kind of sucks for me because it's nice to have that half hour or whatever. But I was like, no, this is worth it. It's just one day. Like we don't we don't necessarily watch TV every day after school anyway. So it's like I was like, no, it's totally worth it. I need to like get him. I need to like make a point here. Yeah. So but the next day (laughs) Oscar was sick and I was home with Oscar um, and we were watching TV and Jesse brought Simon home. And so Simon just joined us and I wasn't thinking about it. And so Simon just sat down with us and watched the rest of the show. And as we're getting towards the end of the show, I'm realizing I'm going to have to announce this. You know, we're turning this off now and he's going to throw a temper tantrum. But no, he won't because. Oh, but wait. Yeah. Oh, Oh, I totally oh, did that. You did I it. I totally did it. And you know what's worse? I didn't acknowledge. I just oh, played it off. Yeah. I just pretended to not like, remember. Like the day and before, it never happened. That never happened. Yeah. That was it. Good 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was bad. That's bad. Really bad. I forgot St. Patrick's Day. Uh-huh. We just didn't acknowledge that, like, in our house. Uh-huh. Not for any particular reason. Just everybody was sick, and yeah. I was really sick. And it's not like uh, it's not like that's even a holiday that, like, we it's do anything for simple. besides, like, yeah. you know, green shit in the toilet green. or milk yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right? I just didn't think about it. And, like, Katie Bell comes in, like, two days after St. Patrick's Day, and she's like, Mama, you forgot St. Patrick's Day. It's my favorite oh, holiday no. and i just was like oh fuck i just was like i know it's important to her like i yeah. know it's a thing she likes to celebrate ellis is of the right age to do something ridiculous we wouldn't have gone like over the top yeah. but i was gonna turn the toilet water green yeah and make like green something for breakfast yeah but i was sick right yeah. like yeah. we don't do the <laughs> anyway i just was like wow I just like totally skipped a holiday, and for six year olds, skipping a holiday yeah, is like a really big yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah, that sucks. Oh yeah. Hi, this is Teresa. I'm calling in with my very first parenting fail. <laughs> my husband and I are in the process of adopting a preteen boy from the foster care system, and he moved in with us this past week. Up until the move in, he was referring to us as he or she or you. We told him a bunch of times to call us whatever he was comfortable with, whether it be mom and dad, our first names, an appropriate nickname he could come up with. Basically, we just kept telling him that we could be whatever he needed us to be. Uh, well, this weekend, while I was trying to clean and tidy up for his move-in party, he called me mom for the first time, and I just didn't answer him. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear him say it. My husband told me about it later. I was walking out of the room and he called for me and I just totally blew him off. Luckily, he wasn't deterred because he's been calling me mom ever since. Uh, But I always imagine that if he ever called me mom, it would be like a really special moment and I would probably get emotional, but instead I just totally ignored him. Either I'm not used to be calling that name yet or I was too focused on getting ready for the party to have hurt him. Either way, I suck. I know this is just this is like the moment of like I my kid's being an asshole shit he has an ear infection or I didn't buckle my kid it's like it so falls into the big ones like the most like jab you through the heart fails where you're just like oh god why why did I I do that like (laughs) the worst parent ever and like Wow, and it just goes to show you, no matter how you get a kid, yeah, you are not, you're you not know, impervious to fails. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you, you can fail like a pro. <laughs> I salute you yeah, and your job. first ever fail. Way to nail that first fail, Mom. <laughs> you are doing a horrible job. But actually, you're doing an amazing job yeah. fostering and adopting. adopting. Yeah. Good job. Yay. You are the greatest mom I've ever known. I love you, I love you. When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love Teresa, you, yeah. let's call mom. Great. This week we are calling Caitlin Kraft, who currently works as a producer in the worlds of documentary film, feature films, video games, and television, and is a co-producer of the documentary Sex Ed, the movie, 
or I like to read it as sexed, <laughs> the movie. Welcome, Caitlin. Hi, I'm so uh, I'm so happy to be talking with you guys. We are very excited to be talking to you. Uh, this is a really fun topic, and it's a really fun movie. But before we get into it, uh, we would like to ask you what we ask all our guests, which is who lives in your house? So I live with my husband and my two- two-year-old son, and we have uh, four demented cats. And I am also... <laughs> <laughs> like so pregnant right now so we're oh. getting ready to have uh, a second little one join us Ooh. congratulations congratulations i'm going to bite Thank my tongue you. from not asking you all the <laughs> offensive questions that we talk on the show about being totally inappropriate offensive questions watch me rate it in. watch me rate it in guys that's the lesson you we're know trying what to we'll teach leave you it at? you what? look great caitlin you look fantastic <laughs> uh well i look I look pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> then you're nailing it. Yeah, that seems, you're nailing it. that seems appropriate. Good job. So this movie basically charts the evolution of sex education videos in our classrooms, uh, which is amazing. Uh, and as a bonus, shows us pretty much our culture's never-ending desire and uh, approach to, more, you know, basically mortifying kids everywhere. <laughs> about the topic of sex, and even better, how bad we've done a job at teaching our kids about sex. Why don't you tell us a little bit about why you guys made this movie? So this was really um, the impetus of Brenda Goodman, who is the director and my co-producer on the movie. And she's a teacher at uh, USC Film School, and I went to USC, and she was one of my mentors there. And after I graduated, she knew I had been working in documentary for several years, and she got the idea that she wanted to make this film and asked if I wanted to join her on it. And I was thrilled. So for her, I think um, I think it was two-pronged. One, as a teacher at USC, she just saw that a lot of the students didn't have basic uh, sex information. And she was really surprised about that. And that made her interested in the history of sex ed in this country. Um, and also, I think she felt from her own life growing up, that the sex ed just hadn't spoken to her or her experience. And the sex ed that she had received had actually been a really negative experience and made her feel like she was weird and outside the norm. And it was, it was bad. So that was, so that's what got her going on it. And it just so happens that USC has this amazing film archive that has a ton of these old sex ed films. (laughs) So we had a really great resource to start with. Um, And personally, it's sort of always been a topic I've been interested in. When I was a kid, I did a ton of volunteering. And one of my, uh, <laughs> one of the volunteer jobs that I had was that I answered a hotline for teens where they could call in with their questions. Whoa. And other, yeah. And talk to other teens. And of course, awesome. everybody was calling in about sex. So, um, wow. I sort of, yeah. So I actually had a great sex education because the, the person who came in and gave us our orientation to that job was, awesome and gave the kind of sex ed that you like would hope would have in any school. But again, I got to see like just how much kids didn't know because of the questions they were calling it with. Is that where you received most of your sex education was from working as a teen or did your parents give you like the talk? Yeah. So I was ridiculously lucky. I mean, ridiculously lucky. (laughs) My parents were so open about everything and I could talk to them about anything. Um, I actually, I got the talk so young that I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't have a memory of when I didn't know what sex was. Oh, Because I was really young. 
Yeah, and I asked my mom, and she just told it to me straight. So I always, I, I mean, she told me the story of how it went down, but I was too young to remember it. Yeah. Um, so I was really lucky there. I had this sort of classic, you know, fifth, sixth grade, they separate the boys and the girls, and you get your film about menstruation um, experience in grade school, which was okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm still sad. I really wanted to find the film that we watched for the movie, because in it, a mom explains the female reproductive system to her daughter's friend in um, pancake batter. <laughs> and I just, I thought that was amazing because it brings up so many interesting questions. Like, what do you do with that pancake? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now eat your pancake, Candace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, eat your fallopian tube. It was just, it was, it was a little weird, but it was okay. And then, um, again, I was really lucky that in high school, we had several gym teachers, but the gym teacher that did our, like, high school STD sex ed class was an amazingly cool woman and made that not a horrible experience. So I, I really looked out on sort of every level. That's amazing. I was trying to remember what mine was. I got to say, I don't remember having the talk with my parents. I'm sure they gave me the talk. You know what I mean? I, I, they obviously did because I never like had giant questions about sex. I totally knew what penises were and vaginas were and what they did together. Right? Like, I, I got it. I, I figured it out. But like, there was no, I don't, I don't know if it was just like when I was growing up or if I was just a kid who wasn't interested per se in all that stuff. I was like super dorky, nerdy that like trying to figure out all the other stuff. Just never crossed my mind. I was like, ew, mm-hmm. yuck, Rachel, don't talk to me about that. Um, don't even draw it. Teresa, do you remember? I was you're... super interested. I was the opposite of yeah. that. Like, my mom loves to tell me about how she finally <laughs> relented and told me about sex when I was four because I would not stop asking. Like, she kept giving me kind of weird answers. Like, it's a special hug between two people really? that love each other. And I was finally just like, but how? Yeah. How? And so my mom just told me. And then I was like, okay. And I was satisfied. Well, but I had I had lots of sex. I mean, I went to public school in yeah. Marin County, which is a very, like, liberal, progressive very wealthy county and like our school I had like multiple different sex ed classes that I think were pretty good like I feel like we did a lot of those things where like you can write any question in like anonymously in the in the like little question box and the teacher would answer them in front of the class and like it was very like I feel like it was like pretty open I remember having like uh, gay people like come as wow. guests to like talk to the class about like oh, being gay. That did not like, happen in Alabama's yeah, public no. school system sure in the early 80s. Yeah. <laughs> was the opposite yeah. of that. Yeah. But that's so funny that you mentioned that because in the movie, uh, Caitlin, you guys talk a little bit as the movie progresses about like how kids in private or even public but in wealthier areas sometimes get better education than kids who are in more rural or in uh, less wealthy uh, uh, school districts. Yeah, so there's a huge disparity um, in sex ed across the country. And there's really no national standard being used. Um, And unfortunately, like so much in education, this really does come down to economics again, where if you're in a private school, if you're in a really good public school, you are much more likely to get comprehensive sex education taught by somebody who really knows how to do it. One of the incredibly weird things about our system of sex ed in this country is that for a lot of people in public school, like you said, it winds up being like a gym teacher or a health teacher who ends up doing this. This blew my mind. Most education programs that teach gym teachers and health teachers 
offer no curriculum in how to do sex ed, you know, and, and, and then on sort of the more legislative level. Mm. So only 22 states mandate that any sex ed is done at all. And only 13 of those mandate that it be medically accurate. Oh my! I mean, that's like crazy to what? me. That's oh my god! Yeah. But, but I mean, but that leads us to the like. Okay, so you have to teach sex ed, but it doesn't have to be medically accurate. accurate. Yeah. and that leads to like some of that batshit crazy stuff that was in the video. What? What? And I, before I just rant on about what I thought, just like absolutely <laughs> made me like yell out loud. Uh, what was, I'll ask you your opinion, what was, as you guys are going through all this footage and putting it together, what was the most absurd thing that, that you, where you were just like, this is outrageous? Well, I mean, there's so much. Um, <laughs> so, you know, basically, in so many ways, women get the short end of the stick mm. when it comes to sex ed. And that was true starting back in the, I mean, some of the earliest sex ed films were made for the troops in World War II. Yeah. And there were some great things about those films, um, but one of the really terrible things is that they totally painted the women as the bad guys. Yeah. Like, there are these dirty prostitutes out there who are going to trick you into getting an STD. Um, <laughs> and and you'd think that message would have changed a little bit. <laughs> right. Um, but going up until the present, um, you know, there are some great sex ed programs, but one of the things that has happened with not requiring sex ed to be medically accurate is that there have been a lot of abstinence-based programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've become very popular. There was a ton of funding given to them in the Bush years, just hundreds of millions of dollars. Um, finally, uh, Barack Obama has uh, put forward a plan to cut all funding for abstinence-only education, but I'm not sure exactly where things are with that. But in those videos and in those classes, again, all of the pressure is put on the women. So yeah. many of them have lessons about how if you are a woman who has had sex before marriage, you are used up. Yep. You are no longer as valuable. They do these, I mean, there, uh, there are lots of terrible examples. But one thing is they can you to a piece of chewed gum. Yeah. Who'd want a piece of gum who's been chewed by somebody else? Well, which is great, um, which is why we have such a huge issue with rape culture in this country where women don't come for. I mean, I, I mean, it, it gets so related to like, well, why is it that victims of sexual assault then feel like they're damaged goods, right? And then, like, even in yeah. the healthiest of sexual experiences uh, before marriage, it, it, you're still damaged goods. I mean, I, like, I remember that phrase, this damaged good phrase that would be fed to us as, you know, in, in you know, literature and in these movements like the abstinence movement that just have just set us up for this cycle that we are in. It, it It is, there was one thing, there was one of the videos in there about the abstinence stuff. I mean, again, it's like, don't have sex is a great way to protect yourself from everything. But it's, <laughs> but there's a really good, don't get in a car. You're never going to have an don't accident. Don't leave the house. Don't leave the house, right? Okay. If you're going to do any of those things, all right, fine. If you're going to leave your house, don't forget your keys. Yeah. Turn the gas off. Make sure you have, you know Helpful what I mean? to have a phone. Helpful to have a phone, right? Like, so there should be these helpful bits of information if you do choose to have sex. I do not understand why we are so screwed up about this. But one of the videos that made me scream out loud in the abstinence section was this like very like early 90s, uh, late 80s woman, you know, like the sweater and the skirt, the really long skirt, like talking to this group of like all white teenagers about sex uh, and how it should be abstinence. And she's comparing 
protected sex. She's she's comparing sex using a condom to playing Russian roulette. And they're totally like showing this video of like a gun and somebody doing right like spinning the wheel and the gun and like so if you, so like uh, firing a bullet is the same as having sex in a condom and this kid says, "But what if I want to have sex?" And she says to him, "Well, You'll die, and you're going to take your partner with your wife with you, because certainly we were going to say your partner, your whore wife with you, and <laughs> probably your, your children with you when, if you do this. So not now, not the moment you have sex, but in the future, you're going to kill everybody around you. And it was so, it was so manipulative and outrageous to me, as well as the, like, signing the cards, the pledge cards, uh-huh. I'm going to pledge oh, yeah. to you, is so manipulative and fucked up. Like, all the money that took to printing those. It's so, those, like, coercive, too. It's like, so they're co- kids. They're kids. They're kids. I felt like it was more about manipulating kids than educating them in anything. The earlier videos that made women look like horrible villains, they still at least taught you about sex. Did you get any sense of what made us change? Well, I mean, there were lots of things. One of the experts in our film, uh, Rick Pellinger, who has, you should check out the Pellinger archive online. He's a guy who's amassed another huge collection of these videos, and he was awesome and put them all in the public domain, and you can go and watch a lot of them online. But he was talking about after World War II, you know, during the war, um, more mothers had been working, fathers had been away, kids had more freedom, and when people came home, there was a sense that we, you know, the kids had maybe gotten a little bit crazy <laughs> and we sort of had to pull back in and stop all of this sex they were having and other bad things. So that is where you really sort of see the more conservative movements of the 50s, yeah. the 50s coming forward. And we've just like, we've never been good at this stuff. And I think the thing that makes me so angry about those videos, one, the condoms, Condoms work really well. Yeah. They work really well if you know how to use them. So to do this fear mongering yeah. in a program that refuses to tell kids how to use them appropriately is setting up the terrible situation that they're describing. They're, they're actually contributing to the bad outcome that they're fear mongering about. But you're setting up a situation where even requesting information makes people feel ashamed. Yeah. I, and that is incredibly dangerous. For so many young people. Well, I, yeah, I just feel like, you know, if there's if there was like one thing uh, having kids that I want to instill in my kids is that there's nothing they can do that will ever make me stop loving them. There's nothing. I want them to be able to know they can come to me with anything. And, you know, Stefan and I are going to support them and listen and not freak out. Right. But we may freak out two hours later. But in the initial telling, <laughs> we, we've got your back. And the idea of this culture that we're setting up of, of secrecy and uh, don't and embarrassment and shame around these really important things, that's almost like a worst gift to give somebody that you love fear. You yeah. know what I mean? Like fear of even talking to you, right? Like, is it so hard to say penis and vagina? <laughs> Right. Or, or birth control pills. Or birth control pills. I need some birth control pills. Right. Like, yeah, I need birth control. Or you have to wear a condom. Yeah. 
Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there was a great line a million years ago when I was growing up, which was, if you're too embarrassed to go into the store and ask for condoms, then, then you shouldn't be having sex. Yeah. You need to walk in and be like, condoms. Yeah. Now. <laughs> then you can have sex. But if you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't be having sex. Right? Is there anything that you found was, like, predictive of, like, where we're headed? I wish I could say things are getting a lot better. <laughs> Click. <laughs> show's over. <laughs> I... I don't. I think there are really good things that are happening, and I think there are troubling things that are happening. So, on the good side, there is a move away from this abstinence-based education. Hopefully, that'll continue. There's also, you know, the internet is both a blessing and a curse. And now there are some really good resources out there for young people going online. There's a woman, Lacey Green. Her videos aren't great for young kids, but certainly for older kids in high school, she does some really funny wonderful, accurate videos about sex ed. Um, there's a site called Scarlet Teen, which again, for older teens, is really, has a lot of wonderful information that's accurate. But that's only good if kids can find that stuff. And on the negative side, where kids aren't getting the information they need, now that pornography is mm. so easy to find, a lot of teens are looking at porn to figure out sex. And um, And I'm not like totally anti-porn, but... I don't think that's the best place to get an idea of what an adult sex life is like. And there are a lot of messages in there about consent and what a woman's role is in that interaction that are really problematic. So that's why I sort of start to worry. There's, there are not resources for people to find, but there's also a lot of stuff that could be really confusing or hard for kids to deal with. But, you know, one thing I would say is that I feel like teachers and a lot of parents get very scared about these issues. And what all the experts we talked to said is this should never be one conversation. Right. Right. Like it, we talk about the talk, but that's not the way it should go down. Like this should just be an ongoing conversation throughout your life with your kids. And so, and, and like you said, like the most important thing is not having the exact right answer when your kids come to you with this stuff. It's answering them in a way that lets them know that this can be a continuing conversation mm. and that they're safe talking to you about it in the future. So, you know, the, the best sex ed programs out there, there aren't that many of them, but the best ones don't do it in like one batch for kids when they turn, you know, when they hit fifth grade or when they hit high school. It's these programs that do it all throughout your life. So, you know, when you're young, you get the right names for your body parts. As you get older, you get a little bit more information, a little bit more information, and even if schools aren't implementing that as much as we would like, you know, that's, that's something that parents can start thinking about and just sort of take the pressure off of being like, I have to have one talk and it has to be perfect. Right. Or my kid's going to get STDs and going to get pregnant. You know, <laughs> you, can, you can spread it out and just sort of let it be something that evolves. Kaylin, thank you so much for joining us. Guys, the movie is so much fun as well as slightly disturbing. Uh, but it's actually a really great way to kind of get it in your head as to how you may want to approach this and some of the dangers of not approaching it. And we're going to link everybody up to the, to the movie as well as to some of these resources that, uh, that you talked about as good starting places for people who, who are in a position to start talking to their kids about this. So thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. You make me sing
is so much fun. Yeah. It's just like sex can be a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Watching ridiculous historic videos and how we try and teach kids about sex, also fun. Yeah, it's a good <laughs> reminder, too, to find out what's going on at your home school. Like, it is. Um, yeah, we I, toured the school that Simon's going to be starting yeah. kindergarten in the fall, and I think it would have been kind of funny for me to be like, what sex ed programs would you be? <laughs> but on the other hand, the yeah. school does go up through sixth grade. I yeah. think it would actually be appropriate for sixth graders yeah. to have some sex ed, so hope I'll find out I about know, I just think we should be like a whole new generation of like parents who are just like putting it on. I mean, yeah. isn't that? What is the harm? What's it's the like, harm in asking? Really? And it will let you know who's going to probably be a good friend down the road right? to you. true. And who are the parents that are probably <laughs> not... Not okay. Yeah. You know what? You know what my kind of porn is? <laughs> <laughs> Listening to a mom have a little breakdown. Hey, one bad mother. I am calling with a rant slash fail. It's a um, rant. <laughs> so I am a working mom of two little boys under two. Um, and my husband works nights. Um, he's amazing. Uh, but I don't have time to brush my hair. Um, I, I, if I'm lucky to get a shower, the hair does not get combed out. So I have discovered like a million rats nests in my hair that I don't have time to get out. So last night I attempted to get them out by slathering my hair in coconut oil mm. And then, of course, as soon as my head was just covered in this shit, Mm. my babies both woke up and started screaming. So the stuff stayed in my hair for three hours. (laughs) Um, And then when I finally rinsed it out, tangles were still there. I just went to work with greasy hair this morning. So self-care fail. Uh, It just feels sort of sad. Um, Yeah. Anyway. Love your show. Bye. You know, I mean, I get yeah. the fail that's sitting in here, but I think the larger rant is the self-care fail. Yeah, like right? the what the, the fuck. The how what is the it, fuck. How is it actually possible that I don't have time to brush my hair? How and is that possible? I think this ties in so well to the, like, the go on a date night. Yeah. Like, I think this ties in yeah. so well to this, like, weird series of expectations that the universe has for us, yeah. right? And that we set for ourselves after a child somehow wanders into your life, right? Yeah. Like, however they got there, yeah. they're there. Yeah. And nothing is the same, but not in that, like, beautiful romantic way. And then nothing was the same. It was yeah. the best ever. My life ever. Changed, changed forever. Yeah, it was changed forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can't yeah. brush your fucking hair. Yep. Lots of times. Or floss. And I can, ever. like, hear myself. Yeah, or floss. <laughs> Think back to our first shows <laughs> yeah. with Martha. Yeah. The flosser. Yeah. Why are you flossing? Yeah. Right? <laughs> that must be nice. nice. That must be nice of you to be able to floss your teeth. Like, but it's so real. And it's such a, again, on the other side of the kid world where I once was, I was like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. You absolutely have time to brush your fucking hair. Yeah. Guess it no, no. And no. it's just like this weird sad acceptance that you find yourself in. Whatever yeah. the hair is for you, yeah. like whatever it is yeah. for you, you wake up one day and you're like, I I haven't I, I haven't even the strength to do that. Right. And that right there, again, is the uniter. Yep. That's the uniter, guys. Yeah. We should not feel divided 
as parents anymore. No. You stand there and you look at somebody, even if they look totally together, know that there's some sort of hair that's not being brushed for them, Mm -hmm. right? And it should just be okay. And don't judge that person for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I feel for this woman who cannot brush her hair. I do not see that as like, well, fuck you. You can't brush your hair. I can't do X, Y, or Z. Right. My life is harder. Right. No, No. it's not. It's Guess what, guys? It's in fact not harder. That's absolutely right. It is everybody has their thing or multiple things. And again, it is the thing that is our great equalizer, not our great divider. I just, to you, hairbrushing lady, (laughs) I salute you in your coconut oil. Yeah. We hear you. One day, I wish for you the time to brush your hair. Yeah. And in the meantime, you are doing a fucking great job. You really are. I mean, seriously. You're doing an amazing job. I, ju- I mean, like, you just want to like, go around hugging yeah. people all the fucking yeah. time. And, and just... did you hear her compliment her partner, too, uh, yes. in that call? Yeah. Great she... job, Mom. Really? Seriously. Really? Yeah. Your hair looks amazing. Yeah, it looks great. It does. You know what else is amazing? We talked earlier about the larger one-bed mother community that has mm-hmm. been growing. Yep. Uh, and I, I want to take a minute to uh, share with you guys some One Bad Mother meetups that are actually happening, an opportunity to get together with your fellow One Bad parents, okay? None of these are exclusive only to moms. <laughs> uh, like so many things we talk about on the show, it's just a label. It's just a label. This is all universal. Uh, the first one, these are both happening on Saturday, April 2nd. The first one is going to be happening uh, in Berkeley, okay? This is in Berkeley, which is like in San Francisco, right? It's near San Francisco. Near San Francisco. It's in in Berkeley, okay? Uh, So Saturday, April 2nd, from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Totland in Berkeley. Awesome. This is going to be hosted by Jessica Laird. She'll be wearing the One Bad Mother t-shirt. Come and go whenever during that time. Feel free to bring a a packed lunch. You can find more details on the Bay Area's Baddest Mothers and Fathers Facebook page. Uh, So check that out if you're in the Bay Area. That sounds like a lot of fun. But what sounds like even more fun, and I feel like we should start issuing challenges to make the ultimate one bad mother (laughs) meetup in Portland, Oregon at Voice Box Karaoke, as inspired from our discussion a couple of weeks ago. On Saturday, April 2nd, there's going to be some one bad mother karaoke night out. It's a private room karaoke, so you'll only be performing for your fellow One Bad Parents. Oh, man. Moms, dads, and non-parents, all welcome. For more details, join the PDX listener group or email pdxobms at gmail.com. Fucking want some video yeah, of this, guys. I really, I really, really want to be there. I really want to be there, too. <laughs> you guys got to take a video. Uh, Send us a video. So again, I just, and you can, can I just say, yeah. if you guys have meetups that you organize in your area, that's awesome. Just be sure to send us the details at onebadmother at maximumfun.org. And that way we can give a shout out on the show and you can reach more people. That's right. Uh, so again, thank you listeners for getting out there and trying to get together with your fellow parents. And thank you for all of you who have been supporting One Bad Mother all this, all this time and who are becoming supporters uh, as donors to One Bad Mother. It's really makes this happen. I mean, I I just every time you listen to the show, you will know you are making the magic. You are part of the magical vessel that is 
one bad mother. And that is not our personal individual bodies after having children. Uh, <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> you guys are helping us make this happen. And it means a lot to us. It does. And uh, the network-wide goal, just so you guys know, is 5,000 new and upgrading members. So if you're already a member, you can still help us reach our goal by upgrading your membership during the drive. Um, if we hit our goal of 5,000, which would be amazing, mm-hmm. we also have some really fun and exciting stretch goals that are going to be happening with perks for everybody as well. So keep an eye out on the MaxFun Twitter, which is at MaxFunHQ. Um, or you can also just check out the blog periodically, which is MaximumFun.org, and we'll be having updates for how the Pleasure Drive is going and where we are at towards our goal. Stay tuned in for that. The rest of the drive is going to be really fun. It ends March 25th. There's a live stream of one of the other Max Fun podcasts, Jordan, Jesse, Go, um, on Friday night, the 25th. That's always really fun. Yeah. There's going to be lots of Max Fun talent there. Whether you're a Jordan, Jesse, Go listener or not, it's a really funny show. If you are actually, if you're in LA, you can actually come to that if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, send an email to lindsay at maximumfun.org if you want to come to that. Otherwise, um, if you're not in LA, you can just go to maximumfun.org on Friday night at seven o'clock Pacific and you can watch the whole show. Teresa, yes. What did we learn today? We learned a couple of valuable things. One, date night. Let's take a little pressure off everybody. Let's just find some time to connect with our partners or other special people in our lives or even just a look. You should start I should start calling self-care date night. I'm going on a date night yeah. with myself yeah. to a movie. You know, we didn't talk about that, but yeah. that's actually kind of necessary sometimes to be able to enjoy date night. I agree. If you haven't had self-care by yourself, yeah. you don't necessarily want to go on a date. Do you know I, what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I agree. I, I 100% agree, and I think that's totally overlooked. Yeah. I, I, I Fully. Fully, fully, fully. Yeah. Um, so, you know what? Set the bar low, guys. Yeah. And just just try and enjoy yourselves. Uh, and no pressure to make it the most sexy night you've ever had yeah. in your life. Which leads us into the other thing we learned today, which was it's great to talk about sex without necessarily having sex. So true. And you should probably talk to your kids about sex in a healthy, mature way, mm-hmm. no pee-pee in the poo-poo. Okay, guys? Like, let's actually <laughs> try and talk about there's no flowers, mm-hmm. there's no bees involved, and there are no dirty, dirty used women involved, guys. Oh, God, no. <laughs> okay? <laughs> okay, guys? Let's, Ladies, gentlemen, let's all work on that together. Let's do that Let's, together. let's all help each other yes, out. we can do it. We can do it. Uh, if you just want to call... And leave a practice talk on our hotline. <laughs> That's such a good idea. <laughs> uh, that would be amazing. Uh, that's what we're here for. We're here for you in lots of ways. Yeah. And that's the last thing that we've learned <laughs> is that we are, in fact, here for you in lots of ways. And uh, it's your support that's going to help us continue to do this for uh, a while. So thank you guys so much. You are all doing a really amazing job. Yeah, you are. Teresa? Yes. You, in your cold medicine induced date <laughs> are doing a fucking amazing job thank you biz so are you oh my god guys <laughs> barely hanging in there we did it we did it <laughs> we did it happy max fun drive everybody we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye. i got to low down mama blues i got to low down mama blues I got to slow down, Mama Blue, slow 
down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, Lindsay Pavlis, our engineer, our husbands, Stefan Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Do you have a genius or fail moment you'd like to share on the show? Then leave us a message at 206-350-9485. Full-on rage-induced rants are also welcome. Well, Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. Oh, said Daddy, baby, fussing by, not low down mama blues. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.